Hi folks, with the download button on Survivalist Podcast. And as always, folks, you can catch uh, all of our old shows at uh, survivalistpodcast.org, our website, as well as soundcloud.com uh, slash survivalistpodcast. And also, too, don't forget about our, we have our own Mastodon instance now, our own uh, community instance. If you go to rebelsocial.media, uh, again, rebelsocial.media, you can join in there. That's our community for, uh, not really a forum, it's a, a Mastodon instance, uh, kind of like what, uh, kind of like well, kind of like a Twitter instance. You'll, you'll see what it's like when you get there. It's very nice, a lot of fun, a lot of good people in there. Uh, and go ahead and join the community, and uh, we'd appreciate it. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, so, folks, I've uh, been off for a little while. I think my uh, I think my goal for uh, the new year should be to go ahead and, and try to do consistency. It's been tough. I got uh, some new recording equipment coming as well um, for the car when I'm on the go. Uh, but I like my home studio setup. That's kind of my problem. Uh, I get the best audio, best sound. But I guess if you don't get a show out there, it's no point of having the best equipment. But uh, I do have some other equipment coming. But would like to go ahead and talk about it. I've been out for a little bit. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, obviously, my uh, I've been out because I had a uh, head back surgery and um, had some other stuff uh, going on. Uh, I've kind of been off of the kind of off the grid for a while, but uh, I, while I was out, I started my own Mastodon instance of that, so I can communicate with people and kind of start doing my own thing. Uh, kind of started. I've have I've had a large community on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff like that, but um, started doing Mastodon because we kind of kind of don't know what's uh, what's going to go on with Twitter over the next couple of years. Um, I know Elon's trying to, Elon Musk bought it, and he's trying to make it an open platform and trying to do a lot of things, but it's just, uh, it's just really not working out for him. Um, laid off a lot of staff. Unfortunately, those people all lost their jobs. I feel bad for them. And that's tough to get a job, too, in Silicon Valley. A lot of, a lot of tech companies have been laying off, especially with this wacky economy uh, that's going on right now with inflation and stuff like that. Uh, they're doing a lot of stuff to try to go ahead and fight the inflation. It's not working out real well. But uh, so a lot of those folks lost their jobs. But then also, too, laying off because he's trying to kind of try to cut back and trying to kind of make a go of this thing. So uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Eh? He says he wants to either make it a, an open platform or he wants to make it an app that's that's monetized. Uh, he tried doing the whole you know, verification check mark that didn't work out like he thought it was going to work out. So there's quite a bit going on, going on over there. I think he's, he definitely for 22, for what is it, 22 billion or 42 billion, something that he bought it for. So I'm curious to see now what he's going to do to try to go ahead and monetize that because that is, I know if they said, I think they said, uh, uh just alone, uh, the interest on his, his loans is over a billion dollars a year. So that's, that's no joke. He leveraged Tesla to buy it. So, and now you have this other thing that I was talking about. Uh, our, you know, they have this other platform called Mastodon, which is kind of built on the uh, Activity Pub uh, old platform from years ago. I don't expect you guys to know that I'm a computer. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm I do I'm a computer programmer. That's what I do. So, I'm a little more familiar with this stuff than a lot of people are. But um, I started my own instance just because I wanted to kind of do my own thing and, and kind of I was kind of. You know, we have a lot of followers. A lot of you guys listen. I'm so grateful for that. But um, I'm sick of building a following on other people's platform. And then when they decide to change things, it hurts uh, my following and hurts us and, and really hurts the followers of the show. So that's why I said, you know what, this year we're going to do something different. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to build our own following on our own platform, kind of like how, how Gab and Parler did it. And, uh, you know, we're going to kind of do that. Um a lot of you that don't, a lot of you guys that aren't familiar with the platform, if you go over to True Souls, which is Trump's uh, thing, um, it's very, very similar looking to that. Uh, I do, I'm working on customizing it, and I'm going to, I actually want to put an app out with a link. It's kind of a something I've been working on on the side with other things. I want to put an app out for it um, where you'll be able to you know, not only, you know, tweet and, and do all that or toot, whatever they want to call it. On the, on the platform, but then you'll be able to look at uh, old episodes and videos. So I'm working on it. It's, it's going to be a lot of work and something I've been kind of working on on the side. And uh, hopefully we get to it. Right now we got, we have a web interface. And if you download any of the Mastodon apps, uh, just type in the instance rebelsocial.media, uh, you can go ahead and join with that. So I appreciate all that. Also, two folks, we have, um, like I said, other stuff going on. Like I said, a lot of layoffs on social media. Unfortunately, I think this is still the fallout from COVID. 
you know, we you're dealing with companies like like uh, well, Facebook laid off what eleven thousand people, Twitter laid off people. That's just because of the whole situation of Twitter. But um, I think Uber laid off my uh, Facebook. Obviously, laid off. We uh, I think Snapchat did, and I think Microsoft is got. I know Microsoft. I don't think they laid off. They have a hiring freeze, uh, stuff like that. So. Uh, a lot of these companies, you know, a lot of companies laying off right now. And uh, luckily enough, in California, they do have a law that you have to give somebody two to three months severance pay as part of any layoffs. Uh, I, actually, I didn't know that. That's something I learned from a friend of mine that's a lawyer. She was telling me all about it. That there's something called the Warren Act, and you have to, if you lay somebody off in California, you must give them uh, two to th- you have to give them two to three months severance pay. Uh, that's why all those people that got laid off for Twitter, even though he laid them off, and he is saving money on benefit packages and stuff of like that, but um. A lot of those people are, are going to get months of severance pay. Those people from Facebook, all of them are getting two, three months severance pay. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, too, I think Spotify might even be uh, laying off as well. So there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on right now. Um, I almost actually almost took a job at Spotify a couple months ago. I'm glad I didn't uh, stayed where I was at because I wanted health coverage. I had a back surgery, um, L4, L5, and L3. I had have you know just and, and a lot of people asked what happened, and, and all of you guys were great when I wasn't podcasting. Asked me what happened. Uh, just years of wear and tear, man. Working on the homestead, working on our house, the fixer upper. I've been talking about for years. Uh, all those kinds of things, you know, it just was just years of wear and tear. So. Um, unfortunately, uh, that kind of stuff does happen. And, um, luckily enough, we have excellent surgeons and stuff like that. I was able to kind of put Humpty Dumpty back together. Um, if you're any of you guys that live in Pennsylvania, up in the, up in the Northeast section where I live up here, Dr. Gillick, he's an excellent, excellent back surgeon, um, came highly recommended. I want to uh, plug him here. I know he's got a very busy practice anyway. He probably doesn't need the publicity from me, but, um, I do want to give a shout out to him only because, uh, you know, him, he did so much work on me and, um, you know, I was, you know, I, I, he said to me it was pretty bad and he doesn't know why I waited that long. And um, thankfully enough, you know, he was able to kind of put me back together. So I want to thank him uh, publicly here on the podcast and uh, just say, like I said, Dr. Gillick, he's over in Scranton, uh, Scranton Orthopedics. And uh, I thank him uh, quite a bit. He was able, uh, just a better, better quality of life, um, not in the pain I was in. I can, uh, you know, able to take my kids for a walk. We're able to do stuff out on the homestead here. I'm able to go hunting, stuff like that, stuff that I haven't been able to do because I just can't walk. Um, but let me tell you, I've been wonderful. I'm able to walk around some of that. Uh, still recuperating a little bit, um, but I'm able to get back to work and able to do some things I'm able to do. And uh, lucky enough, I was able to take a medical leave. Um, talk about being pre- prepped. Um, thanks to uh, you know my rentals and um, having a lot of sick time because I don't take off from work unless I have to. Um, stuff like that in my side business of that. We were able to take a couple months off from work and uh, still be able to keep a roof over our heads. Um, and all that. So I'm very, very grateful. That, so, you know, sometimes, like I said, I've talked to you guys many times before about this. It's when it comes to survival and prepping and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's not always being prepared for the, you know, the zombie apocalypse that's uh, going to come. But uh, sometimes it's being prepped for life stuff that can happen. Who knew I was going to have surgery that was going to, you know, that was going to take me out for three months. Um, you know, so it's, it's just, you know, very important that you're prepared financially always, if you can be, I know it's tough. People live paycheck to paycheck, especially right now with the cost of living going up so much. Um, and you know, I, it's crazy to think about, you know, how, think of how much our cost of living has gone up. Um, and then you think about people like in, in England, the place that they were going, like they're seeing inflation of 12 and 14%. We're complaining here about, you know, seven or eight and they're, they're seeing 14, I mean, 40%. That's, that's huge. And so, um, you know, it's, it's pretty nuts. And I think you guys have listened to me long enough to know that I'm, I'm one of those preppers that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not right wing. I'm not left wing. I'm not, you know, the world's coming to an end. You know, I'm not one of those guys. I'm one of those people that, uh, you know, look at it as, uh, you know, kind of down the middle and, and all that. And, you know, I, it, it's just one of those things sometimes where, you know, this, look at this. I mean, I could have had as much food stocked up as we wanted at the end of the day. If I can't pay the bills, we can't pay the I mean, that's, you know, it, it's one of those kinds of things where sometimes you, you have to prep not only just for the end of the world, maybe sometimes, um, or for a survival situation, but sometimes just financially for stuff that happens like this. Uh, at times, a lot of people have brought this up to me too over the years that have watched the, listened to the show and, and watched my YouTube videos, some of that, that um, they think of the show kind of more as a, uh, as a business show um, more than uh, like a prepper show. And I really want to thank you for that. It really means a lot of, you know, the fact that people listen that much and they have opinions because they've listened to so many shows. Um, I really uh, appreciate all that from all you guys. And I do really appreciate you guys asking. A lot of people, a lot of listeners reached out to me and asked me how I was doing. Uh, so I really, really do appreciate that. Uh, so while I was gone, we also had the elections. Uh, I'm in Pennsylvania here and we went blue. Uh, we have a blue, uh, we're going to have a, 
Democratic governor and a Democratic uh, senator now. Uh, one thing I'm ha- I hate, I, I, you know, I didn't like Oz to begin with, to be honest with you. I really didn't. Uh, he has no loyalty. He ran in New Jersey. He ran in Delaware. Um, and now they're saying he might even try to run in New York or one of those other states. So I heard that uh, Donald Trump was very upset about he wanted Oz to get in because he wanted, I guess, uh, wanted to kind of keep the Senate in uh, in the Democrats' favor. So, you know, they didn't, uh, you know, things didn't go how the Republicans planned, but I think they hurt themselves a lot with that overturning that road versus Wade thing. Um, you know, I got to be honest with you. So a lot of you guys listen, don't agree with me on that, and that's fine. I, I don't believe the government has any rights to tell you that kind of stuff, whether you can or cannot have an abortion. I don't believe in that. The government has no rights to tell you what you can do with your body. Same thing goes with the vaccine. Government has no right to tell you if you need a vaccine or not. They have no right to tell you if you if, if you need to wear a mask or not. I, they have no right to tell you during the COVID that you, you, you're you an essential business and you're not. They don't have a right to do any of that. Um, that's why I say I'm very down. People say to me all the time, you're very down. What side are you? T- I, I take whatever side is right. You have the side. You have the rights to your body and to do what you want with your body. Who the hell is the government to say, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you no. No, the government has no right to say, no, you can't get an abortion. You can't get, no, who the government, why does the government have rights? Why does a bunch of old guys in Congress who are all in their 60s and 70s and 80s have rights to tell my daughters what they can and can't do with their bodies? I don't believe in that crap. The same thing, I don't believe that there's a right for the government to tell me to have a vaccine or tell me I can't keep my business open during COVID. No, I mean, no, the government doesn't have, the government's job is to govern, not to tell me what I can and can't do. Um, with my body or my land or my my th- no, believe that that's bull- that's BS, man. Plain and simple, the government has never right to tell me that kind of crap. <laughs> that, that's not right. I don't care what anybody. Everybody says, "Oh, you, do you vote Democrat?" No, I voted for my for right. There's no reason why the government has to, has to butt their nose into this crap. It's not their responsibility. Come on, be real. Just like the government doesn't have right to tell you can't have a gun. Come on, no, you have a right to have a you have a Second Amendment right. You have a right to have a gun. You have a right to you have a right to free speech. You have a right. To, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I don't believe in hate speech. People that evoke violence. I don't believe that's not free speech. Free speech is 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 the ability to say what you want to say. If I want to stand outside in front of my porch and yell that I don't that I think abortion should be illegal and that we shouldn't, you know, please. The same thing with drugs. Come on, you can they can make make drugs illegal all they want. Didn't they? People that want to do drugs are going to do drugs. I mean, so you're going to make abortion illegal. What people that still want to get abortion are going to get abortion. It's not. It's going to do it. You know, that whole thing of the whole thing with with well, we're going to make it illegal. Well, people that want them are still going to get them. They're just going to get them illegally. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. This whole thing, just like oh, we make we make drugs illegal. Yeah, but people still so much drugs to get them. Doesn't mean just because you made drugs illegal doesn't mean nobody has drugs. People do drugs all the time. Please, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's BS. Come on, the government government stick their nose in too much crap that don't need to stick their nose in, and it's a bunch of these old people in Congress that should not be making decisions. I mean, really. I mean, oh, well, dr- dr- hey, I don't do drugs. I don't partake in drugs. But there are a lot of people that I know that do drugs. Just because you make it legal does not mean that they're not going to do it. I mean, my God, Joe Rogan is in Texas and he openly smokes pot on his podcast all the time. Pot's illegal in Texas, but I still see Rogan doing it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Come on, it's ridiculous. It's such BS. And he's even said the same thing on his show that it's such BS that people, you know, they do this crap and it's it's ridiculous. It's it's a load of crap. I don't believe in it. The government has a, has has rights to do governing things, not to tell you what you can do with your business, your body, your this. Please, come on. Just like I don't believe, oh, you know, this, yeah. I believe me, I'm not. I'm pro. You know, I'm pro. I, I'm not. People say, oh, you're anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. I'm pro vaccines that can. You know, if you, hey, I got the vaccine. I think you know. I think that it's just like a flu shot. I'll get it. Whatever. I don't care. Nobody told me how to get it. I chose to get it because I didn't want to get sick. Okay. My wife got COVID and she got extremely ill. So she hospitalized for 10 days. Okay. So me as a responsible spouse, I went and got the shot so that I would not, if I wouldn't get a sick so I can help her or, okay. And my kids, my oldest one got it. My youngest one hasn't yet. She's still too young yet, but okay. We got it. We, I didn't get it because the government told me to do it. I did it because I wanted to do it. Okay. Because I believe that a shot could help save my wife's life, save my kid. You know, my one daughter got very sick from the COVID, not as bad as my wife, but so we did what we thought was right for us. We did it. The government didn't tell us we had to, we did it. Okay. That's the difference. 
forcing people to do it, say you have to get a vaccine to go back to work. I don't believe in that. Go corporations and all that. They don't have the right to tell you that. I'm sorry, they don't. Come on, be real. Who are you? To, who do you to tell me I have to get something so I can go to work? I'm more, you know, I don't believe in that shit. I don't, I don't believe in that. Just like I don't believe in this whole thing now. They're trying to ban drug tests on people that are getting government. If you want to go on welfare in certain states, you have to get a drug test. People are like, that's illegal. Please. I, I mean, you know, I have to get a drug test to go to work. So you have to get, you know, I, if I have to get a drug test to go to work, you should have to go, you should be able to have to pass a drug test to get money from the government. I believe in that. I mean, do I ever think that it's right that my company makes you get a drug test to work? No. But unfortunately, if I want to work, I got to do it. And I'm going to unfortunately have to deal with that if I want to work at that job. I mean, hey, that's, you know, and, and, that's, and, and, that, gov- and that company has a right, does have a right to tell you to get it because, you know, they have their rules. And if you want this job that pays very good to support your family, you're going to have to put up with it. And I mean, you know, and, I, and they do have a right to do that. Do I think it's right? No, but they have a right to do that, you know, because they're an independent company. So, I mean, you know, it, it depends. You know, it, I, I'm, I'm more pro of let people do what they want and let people do it on their own terms than I am forcing people. Because I don't think it's right to force anybody to do anything. Because, you know, and, and, I, and I've said this once before. That's why, you know, a lot of people upset me because I, I even said, I've, you know, that I was, you know, I think I was voting Democrats. And I'm like, why even? First of all, Oz has no loyalty to Pennsylvania. He's only running because he wants to get in in some state. He doesn't care about Pennsylvania. He ran in two other states before he ran in Pennsylvania. He doesn't even live here, by the way. He's, his home, he has, it's basically a house he never lives in up here. Okay, it's ridiculous. Well, I'm not going to vote. He doesn't care about Pennsylvania. He cares about getting into politics. You know, and, you know, and, and I don't I mean, I'm not a big fan of Biden, but I'm not a big fan of people that attack the Capitol building either. So, I mean, you know, you can look at it either way. I mean, you know, a lot of people listen to the show say to me all the time, well, I can't see if you I don't know if you're on the right or the left. No, I'm down the middle. I'm down the middle in that we we I'm, I'm for people, not for the government. That, that, that if they want to you want to say what side I am on the side of the people, because I don't think it's right that a lot of things that they force people to do. I mean, just like, I mean, look at your paycheck. Watch what you get every week and watch how much the government takes. And where does that money go? I hate to help you and me, folks. <laughs> it's to fund all these stupid pol- political things that they're doing. Now, granted, a fifth of taxpayer money does go to defense, which I do believe that we should because, God, I mean, God forbid after 9-11, nobody should have to go through that. And I mean, that's, we don't, I don't ever want to see another 9-11 again. Um, so, you know, I do believe we need to be spending money on defense, but I mean, watch your page, watch your paycheck go other places. Watch real the money. You know, it, it, it can rile me up because, you know, watch how much money you bring, you and I bring in and watch how much goes to taxes. It's sad. I mean, watch how much your paycheck is chewed up by all the taxes. And, and that's going to be under any president, by the way. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter Democrat or Republican. They're going to keep taking and taking and taking as much as they can, no matter what, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. And now you got this other crap. Now you got a million people running for president now this year coming up again. Um, you got uh, Donald Trump who says he's going to run again for a second term. You got Kanye who's going to run and apparently he's going to buy Gab, I think they're saying. Um, for those of you that don't know, Gab was actually a Mastodon instance back in the day. So those of you that were on Gab back in the day, um, you probably do remember it was a Mastodon instance. So it's kind of the same thing now. But yeah, uh, he's running for, he's saying he's running for president. Um, it looks like the governor from Florida is going to run DeSantis. I know he's got a lot of backing from people from a lot of big political names, Alex Jones. Uh, he's got, a uh, Megyn Kelly, a couple big political, uh, radio hosts. Um, I'm not sure. I think Hannity might've endorsed him too. So he's, he's got a lot of support going forward. He, he really does. But, uh, you know, he's another one that I, I think that, you know, I, I think it's going to be, I really, and, and I, don't, I know you guys, a lot of you guys, may, I know some of you guys listen to are a little bit on the younger side, some of you guys are a little bit on the older side, but um, I know a couple of you guys that do remember the election back in during the Clinton and George Bush administration. Um, one of the things that really messed up um, Bush Sr. from getting in a second term was when, I think it was Al Gore ran, and that split the Republican Party. Um, I hate to say that. I think that's what's going to happen this time again, and I think we're going to get Biden for another couple more years because um, what I think is going to happen, Trump's going to run either way. Uh, I think Kanye's going to run either way, and then you're going to have probably DeSantis running, and you're going to have two or three people on the Republican ballot, which is almost going to guarantee a Democrat gets in. Um, so, I mean, that could be a good thing and a bad thing, but 
Uh, I think that is what's going to happen now. Um, I just think there's so much split going on in the party right now that I don't think either way it's going to really matter. Um, but like I said, I think that is what's going to happen going forward. I do think it's going to be this year's election because I think Trump's going to run whether he gets the nomination or not. Um, and I do think that uh, that Kanye, and the thing that scares me about Kanye, he's got a lot of support. Um, he does. I mean, I mean, I remember when he had a tax bill, he co-funded me. He's like, what, like millions and millions of dollars of tax money. So I do think he's going to be able to run. Um, and I think either way he's going to, I think he's going to have a lot of support either, either whether or not he's with the party or not, he's still going to get a lot of support. By the way, public service announcement, Dunkin' Donuts now has the peppermint lattes again. I'm hooked on those things again. It was the pumpkin spice ones now, so peppermint latte. So for those of you guys that are listening, pump, uh, peppermint uh, lattes are back. So good time. But I do think is that I do think Kanye is going to run, and I do think he's going to have a lot of support. And I, you know, probably Kim is going to Kim Kardashian is going to probably support him too, and that's going to be a big chunk of people. Um, so I I, hate, I I don't I don't like to think about it, but I have a feeling. Um, I have a feeling either he, if, if he runs, it's going to be, either, I think it's going to be him, Trump, and DeSantis running. Well, I think it's going to be all three of them running together. Uh, and I think they're all going to run as Republicans or they're going to run as their own party. And I, I'm here. I don't think, I don't think Trump can get back in again. I, I really don't. I think he's got, I mean, he's only got what, like 4 million followers on that true social platform now. Um, compared to like the 100 million he had on Twitter. I just think he's lost a lot of support. I think they've been slamming him pretty good the last couple of years on, on television. Of that, I just don't see, I think that he's just got a lot of too much baggage. I don't think he's going to get the, I mean, he has a hardcore group of supporters. I honestly do believe that, but I don't think he's got enough to get in. He lost kind of that fringe voting or the swing voters. Um, I think with, with all the crap that's went on, especially now after he didn't get in and all that. So I, you know, and then I don't think, and I said, I, I have a feeling it's going to be DeSantis. And DeSantis has a lot of support. So especially after COVID and keeping his state open, everybody else closed down. So I think he's got a lot of support. And I do think it's going to be, um, and I do honestly think it's going to be uh, Kanye. So I think you have three people running on the Republican side. And you're going to have, and that's almost a guarantee that Biden's going to get in if he runs again, which I think he is going to run again. Um, surprisingly enough, a lot of Democrats don't want him in, which I do... Um, I am kind of kind of surprised. I, I, like I said, I'm I'm kind of surprised by that. A lot of his own party doesn't want him in. They want somebody else. But you would think that they would want him to run again, get in, and then maybe come out, come out that Kamala would run again or would 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 be the. But apparently, that's not what they want. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I think he. I mean, he has the right to rerun as a sitting president. The party can't tell him. Now he listens to everything his party says, but. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think. I think they're going to. They're going to. They're not going to. It'd be very stupid for the Democrats to unsit a sitting president. Um, by the way, some other things I do want to point out. Talking about taxpayer money, a couple things I have on my list to talk about here. Um, this one really annoyed me. Apparently, the Republicans now that they have the House majority, once they take over the House, which is going to be, I think in January they take over. I think not yet. I think it's going to be a couple. I think it's a couple more weeks. Um, they're saying the first thing they're going to do is 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 investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. They're going to investigate in a Hunter Biden. I'm like, I, you know, I know a lot of people don't like this guy. I'm not a big fan of his either. They're, the whole the, that whole thing about the laptop when he was running for president. Now they're saying they're going to try to impeach Biden since they're going to have the majority in the House. I, I just think that this this is again this is another example of taxpayer money being wasted. I mean that whole investigation into Trump went nowhere. Now they're going to spend all this money investigating. Uh, somebody's laptop who is the son of the president, but not really, he's not really involved in anything the president does. Um, I just, I don't know, I think this is going to be another tremendous waste of our financial resources now, and it's going to be another tremendous waste of taxpayer money that could be going to more important things, um, programs and stuff to help people during this tough time with the inflation that's going up, which is basically the government's fault because they kept pumping money into the economy during COVID so that it wouldn't crash. And now the side effect of that is massive inflation. And so it's kind of their problem to fix now. And the only thing they keep doing is raising interest rates, which is unfortunately caused a lot of people I know's mortgages to double. So all they're doing by raising the interest rates is maybe they're slowing down inflation, but they're also going to really hurt the housing market. And they're also going to cause a foreclosure probably on some people who can't afford their houses because their interest rates have gone up like three of them. I mean, I have a friend of mine who literally 
since he bought his home three years ago, his mortgage rate has almost doubled. Now, granted, he took an adjustable rate, which is basically what a lot of the banks are giving out right now. But uh, yeah, nice, isn't it? So, um, like I said, I you know they they keep upping the interest rate to try, and all they're doing is going to cause another housing bubble to explode again, and and we're gonna go back into the same thing we were in again in two thousand and eight. Watch. Um, I hate to say that, but I have a feeling that's the rate we're going, unfortunately, kids. Um, at least the job market is solid still, unfortunately, according to the numbers. We'll see what happens with that. That can change pretty quickly. But yeah, uh, so we have all that going on. And the government is more interested in investigating somebody's laptop than they are in fixing the massive inflation problem that they cost. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens here over the next... Uh, you know, over the next couple of months, the next couple of, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's probably going to be a couple of months because once they all get in, then they got to pass a vote and all that. It's just going to be a, I have a feeling you're going to see, I mean, again, the government, again, this is a prime example of what I talked about earlier in the podcast. The prime, the, the government is worried about what they want to worry about and they're not worried about us. That is the thing I'm saying. It's a system that doesn't work. They just keep worrying about their crap and they're not worrying about the problems that they need to fix here in America, like inflation. Like oil prices. Hey, have you filled your heating bill yet? Have you had your first heating bill yet, folks? It's getting that November. It's going to be December 1st here at the end of the, probably later in the week here. Um, have you seen your heating bill lately? They're going to investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. Doesn't matter that you're paying $3 and change for heat or oil or $4 for oil. Doesn't matter that. Let's check out this kid's laptop. I mean, it doesn't, again, it's a system that I feel is broke and is not working, which is why I'm getting so annoyed about it. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, you, you got, I'm, it's costing me double what I was paying last year to drive back and forth to work, but hey, let's go ahead and let's investigate this kid's laptop. Yeah, let's not worry about the freaking people in Ukraine that are suffering. I mean, you know, thank God the Ukrainian army's fighting back like hell, but I mean, you know, let's let, you know, hey, <laughs> come on. I mean, it, let's worry about the bigger problems, you know, and, and then for some reason, the Democrats are shoveling money into Ukraine, which I'm, I, I'm all for helping them. We owe this to them, and here's why. They surrendered a lot of their weapons to us during the Bush administration in exchange for our protection. So we actually kind of owe them. They surrendered their arsenal to us, their nuclear arsenal specifically to us in exchange for our protection. So we kind of owe this to them because Bush Jr. promised them this to them probably right before, I think right before 9-11 or right after 9-11. So, um, you know, we kind of owe this to them. And, you know, you know, the Democrats keep pumping money in there. But yet when they said, hey, can we have some accountability for where this money is going? All of a sudden, Democrats are like, no, 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 no. Well, that's taxpayers' money. Don't you think we should kind of have some accountability for where it's going? No, no, no. So Democrats are all about pumping money, but they don't want accountability for it. The Republicans don't want to give money, or when they do, they want accountability for it, which I'm okay with the accountability part. But, you know... We keep pumping money into a place, but nobody knows where it's going. So, um, you know, I don't agree with that. I believe I'm, I'm all for helping them, but I do think there needs to be some accountability. But at least, at least we know where the money's going. But yeah, we have that. So, uh, kind of now that we're kind of caught up on the news here a little bit. <laughs> it's like every time I come on here, I just rant. I feel bad about that. But there used to be there's a podcast called Rant Nation. Um, it was a great podcast. He does uh, he basically comes on every day. I think it's like once a week or twice a week. He does the same thing, same type of show I do. But he does, all he does is rant about everything. And uh, I like his show, but I'm not gonna lie. If you listen to it every week, it does get a little repetitive because unfortunately politics do change every week. But uh, sometimes you just get tired of the doom and gloom all the time. <laughs> um, let's see what else we have going on. So. Uh, a couple of things. I, again, I have a whole list of stuff I want to talk about. That I haven't been on in a while. Uh, I am feeling pretty good, though. So thank you. And I wanted to say, I did say it before, but I want to say again, thank you to all you guys that reached out to me. I do appreciate it. Um, I am feeling pretty good, and, and I really am grateful. Um, and I'm really happy I had the surgery done. Um, I'm still kind of recuperating. I can't really, I can't, I can do a lot, but I still have to watch the lifting. But um, everything else, I'm good. Um, so uh, kind of a public service announcement, too, with this. I just want to make it a point. Um, when I had the surgery, um, if any of you guys out there, um, if anybody ever tells you that you have sleep apnea, go get checked. Um, I myself, um, when I had the surgery, uh, coming out of the anesthesia, they actually, the anesthesiologist said to me, 
Um, you really should be tested for sleep apnea. So I do have an appointment to get checked for that down the road. Uh, not this week, um, but probably uh, probably over the next month or so. Because, I mean, the referrals for that stuff are a little bit on the slow side right now. But um, any of you guys out there that either feel like you're sleeping, you're waking up a lot, or if anybody tells you you stop breathing, you're not having an issue, especially if you sleep next to a spouse and they notice you stop breathing or something like that, um, go get checked for sleep apnea. Um, it's a really simple test. It's not like it used to be. You just take the machine home, you sleep with it, and then they run the study. And then if you do, they either give you a mouth guard to keep your tongue down or they give you uh, the sleep apnea machine or whatever. So, um, you know, it's, it's a very simple fix, very easy fix. If you do have sleep apnea, just go get checked. If you think you have it or, you, or somebody tells you they think you have it, in my case, the anesthesiologist told me you should be tested for sleep apnea because a couple times we were bringing you out of the anesthesia, you stopped breathing, which is definitely not good. <laughs> so um, that is like my little public service announcement. If you do have, if you think you have it, just go get tested for it. It's a very simple test. It's not a hurt or anything. You just sleep with something on your finger for the night or something like that. It's a very simple test. Um, if you do have it, 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 it can be dangerous. It puts a lot of stress in your heart if you have it. It puts a lot of stress on your body because you stop breathing and your body has to gas for air. Um, and believe me when they tell you, if somebody tells you it's because you're overweight, it, it's any. My friend is literally, I think, 100 pounds soaking wet. He is in prime shape, runs five miles a day, and he has it. And it doesn't matter. It's all about to do with the soft tissue in your throat and your mouth and your teeth and just the way your jaw is made and your tongue. And all. it has not. I mean, it, it used to be like if you say, "Oh, you hit three hundred pounds," you're gonna. A, a lot of professional bodybuilders have it. A lot of overweight people have it. Yes, but I have a friend of mine. Like I say, he's a, he's in, he's he's in top top physical. He runs marathons on the weekends of that. He's in incredible conditioning, um, and he has it. So. You know, just go get tested. If you have insurance, it doesn't cost you anything. It shouldn't cost you anything. It's just a machine to bring home. Years ago, when my dad had it, you would have to go into a place and sleep there overnight. Nowadays, you know, they've got just you just wear something on your finger and stuff. It's it's very very simple, very very basic, and um, and they could really help you out. So please, uh, if you do have it, uh, if you, or if you think somebody told you do have it, please go get checked. Um, it is very dangerous. People die from it. Uh, I didn't think I was the same thing. I was like, oh, I'm not going to go get that. But then a couple friends of mine ha- I found out have it, and they've they've almost died from it. So. Um, or, or they've had damage to their heart because of it. So believe me, if, especially guys, we're, we're known to have heart problems. Men have more heart problems than women. Um, if you're a guy listening, go ahead and get tested. It's really, it, it's it's such a small, it, it's such a, a, a little thing to do. It And just get it done so you can, um, you know, so you live a long, happy life. Um, so something I do want to talk about while I was on the, on the mend, um, you guys know I like to talk about TV shows that I watch, especially those five Survivor prepper shows. We talk about them all the time. Um, but I want to point out if you, um, any of you guys that uh, have Disney Plus, uh, go ahead and watch The Rescue. It's on it's it's Disney Plus, but it's actually part of the National Geographic package. Um, go ahead and and it's called The Rescue. It actually talks about those uh, thirteen kids uh, that they had to rescue over in Thailand. That were in it's a it's about a two hour documentary, uh, very, very 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 well done by an independent filmmaker. And uh, what it actually does is it actually shows the um, the whole process of what the and, and this is interesting. The Navy SEALs went in there in these and, and tried to save these kids. Actually, one Navy SEAL died. Um, what it was is these kids were in these underwater caves and they just could not get out. And these the Navy SEALs are not trained for cave diving. Cave diving is kind of a very, very niche kind of uh, thing that people do. Um, and I don't, I'm not, I wasn't a huge expert on it, but I did watch the show. And one of the things with these cave divers is uh, cave divers, they don't like a lot of people carry the, the tanks on their back. Well, cave divers actually carry the tanks in the front of them or on the side of them so they can get through those little things. And, it, and these cave divers, um, they, they go through and they lay lines so they can find their way back out. So that, and, and this whole thing was really amazing. The Navy SEALs could not get into these kids because they were not trained for that kind of work. And what they ended up having to do, they got these bunch of guys that were like 10 or 12 of these guys that are like some of the best cave explorers in the world. I mean, these guys are like IT people real estate agents um you know you know accountants stuff like that um they're not like you know like hardcore but they but they are like the leading guys when it comes to cave diving they were experts and um they actually went in and found these kids because they because they they knew how to do cave diving and and they had special equipment that was custom made it's a very very interesting thing i was actually read there's actually a a, a forum dedicated i mean it's not it's hard to find stuff even about this because it's such a niche thing but there's actually a forum about it and um 
these guys went in and then what they these these kids have been in there for like 10 days 14 days um and when they got there you know these kids were you know, luckily enough still alive no none of the kids had died and then what they were trying to do is they had to figure out they brought food into them because these kids had no food for like 10 14 days. look at they're still alive but um they brought food into them so they started to get these kids you know going get them hydrated get them you know food and well just to get there is a three-hour swim through these caves, and it's a three-hour cave, you know, ride, you know, <laughs> swim back. And so, long story short, these these guys are there, and and part of the problem is is there's no you, these caves are so small you can barely fit a person through them, and to try to swim with somebody next to you on a rebreather, there was just it was just if they tried it. Um, you know, on some other like little like test runs and it's impossible. So what they had to figure out was, was how the only way to get these kids out of there safely was they had to sedate them. And, and, and that sounds pretty nuts because sedation is something that has to be, and I'm thinking about this because what happened to me on my back, um, you know, when you're sedated, you're intubated and, and when they put a tube down your throat, um, and all that kind of stuff. And what they had to do with these kids was they actually had to sedate them and then give them a shot of something that would stop your stop the saliva from being made so that they wouldn't choke on their own saliva because they can't intubate while you're while you're going like you can't intubate them while they're in the water. So then then what they had to do they use positive pressure masks, which is only like four or five of them they were able to find in in that area that was to put the mask on your face and it pushes the air into you in, into your face right and, and doesn't allow when you get like a it pushes air out rather than in so that it would keep the kids breathing because they were sedated. And, um, and, and two, having to tie, I hate to say it's like kind of like tying the kids almost like tying their hands up and their legs up so that they couldn't move so that these cave divers could, could maneuver these kids on a rest on, on, a, on their, on an air tank and, and, and maneuver them through these caves that are tiny. I mean, and, and what they would have to do, they have to push, kind of push the kid through, and then they'd have to go through behind them. And, I mean, just unbelievable feat of what they did to save these kids' lives. Luckily, all the kids are alive. Um, they all made it. But, um, I mean, unbelievable. Then they had to give the kids Xanax, and they had to give the kid uh, something else. I, I'm not a medical person, but um, they gave him another shot of something. And, and then the other issue is it's a three-hour trip from there to bring them out so it's halfway through they have to stop it there's one chamber that they found and they have to pull the kid at almost out of the water give him another shot so he doesn't wake up because if they start to wake up and they panic they get they're dead so they have to give him another shot to keep him sedated then put the kid back in the water again and take him the rest of i mean it was unbelievable what these these men did um, and, and really, uh, you know, unbelievable feat, uh, amazing, these, these gentlemen and, and what they did for these children. And these guys, by the way, I want to point out too, were volunteers. They were not part of the rescue crew. They volunteered their time to come out there. And thank God they did because uh, incredible, I mean, talk about something, a niche market where you were able to just really, there's only like 12 or 14 and maybe 20 of these guys in the world that do this. To, and, and they were all like in a little group. And they were able to get a bunch of those guys over to help them. And they could only take like four kids out a day. Um, and they were doing like four kids a day. But it took weeks to figure, like almost two, three weeks, to figure how, first of all, to find them because the cage is so big. And then fighting against the current. And then they had to reroute the, the, these, uh, some of these guys were, not these, not the divers, but the, uh, the, the Navy that they brought in, the Korean Navy and then U.S. Navy and some of that, um, able to reroute um, the water uh, away from the, the, so it wouldn't keep filling these caves up so the kids wouldn't drown while they're waiting to get rescued. Um, just uh, unbelievable feat, uh, not only by the divers, of course, who did a lot of the dangerous work of getting the kids out, but also to the, the, the Navy and um the Thai Navy and our Navy and uh, all these rescuers, I mean, literally rerouting a, um, you know, with these big sandbags and, and just what they had to do to re because the problem was these guys are swimming to these kids, but they're swimming against the current. So the only way to get the current is to reroute the water out of the way. But the problem is every time they had rain or a monsoon, I mean, they had to redo, I mean, these, these workers, I mean, God, I mean, all these people, I mean, God bless them for, uh, you know, the work they did and, and, and all the effort that's put into saving these lives. Um, but talk about a real survival prepper, um, situation where these, these men are working around the clock to try to save these kids. 
And uh, part of the problem is, like I said, they, they, at first they couldn't even get to them because they were swimming up current. Finally, some of these uh, Navy workers said, listen, we can reroute this, this, <laughs> you know, this, uh, this like river. We can, we can reroute it if we dam it up. And, and then trying to, it was unbelievable the effort these guys made and at least made the current so they could swim to these kids. And I mean, I think it was a couple, and, and nobody had been able to get to them besides these cave divers because they were able to kind of, they knew the cave system and, and kind of knew how it worked. And uh, having special tanks because regular air tanks don't last as long. So they had these special tanks that they could last hours um, before they, I mean, I thought that was pretty cool too. I never knew that air tanks last that long. Um, air tanks that lasted hours and hours so they could get to these kids, you know, because that was part of the problem too, is these tanks aren't, they don't have tanks as long. So these guys had bigger tanks. So it was just unbelievable. Um, and then laying lines so they could find the kids and then get back to the kids, you know, and, how many times they had to bring just before they even started the rescue, having to bring the kids food, um, and then dealing with you know they couldn't get to them again because the monsoon hit and they had to pump out. They had to get gener- special generators and special waterproof pumps to be able to pump the water out, just so they were able to kind of get in to the cave system so they could dive. I mean, just unbelievable. All these guys too, uh, everybody too, not just the gentlemen that dived. I mean, they did you know I, I think the scary work of having to sedate these kids and get them out, but. Uh, unbelievable feats of effort um, to be able to get these kids. It was just amazing. Uh, it really is a good documentary. If it's, if you have time, it's on Disney Plus. Um, and, and like I said, if you have it, it's free. And uh, it actually is an amazing feat. And like I said, these these uh, unbelievable to see what these guys actually went through and and just the preparation and and just the figuring the little details out of how where are we going to put the tank so that it's not in so that the, the kid doesn't the tank doesn't shut off halfway through or it doesn't get bumped and it turns off and the kid. You know, he's, he's sedated, so he, he'll just, you know, asphyxiate to death, you know. And then also, too, these caves only have so much air, so they have to keep bringing air into these tanks. They would have to bring air tanks and then put the and then open the air tanks up in the cave just so these kids would have air. I mean, just unbelievable. And then, too, uh, the situation with these kids going to the bathroom uh, and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then too, trying to keep them warm, trying to keep... And then it was just... And then, too, the, at the beginning, when these men wanted to go in there and sedate them and take them out, because the only idea they can think of, the government was like, well, let's just drill a hole to them. But you couldn't, it would have taken weeks and months to, to drill a hole. And, you know, they wouldn't have made it in the time. And then the other problem was uh, trying to, one of the plan was, what if we just leave them there and just keep bringing them supplies? Problem is, is these caves, the, they, that was part, one of the thoughts was, let's just leave the kids there till the water goes down. Problem was that the monsoons were coming. The monsoons were coming, and the caves would have flooded out anyway, and then the kids would have been drowned to death. So they had to get them out of there. And uh, that was one of the things. Well, if we just leave them in there for a few months, and that, well, we can't do that. And then, um, lo and behold, after these guys had on these kids out, like I think it was like six or eight weeks later, I think eight days, eight weeks, I don't remember the exact day, but. Um, the caves just flooded out, and then that was lucky enough they had everybody out by then. But uh, really, an unbelievable. I mean, I remember I remember watching the story in the news, um, and watching it, following it closely. But uh, actually, the documentary really brought you in deep, and and what these men had to do um, to to do this, and and just the 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 preparation that went into it was amazing, and just trying to and you know and i hate to say this but politics played an issue in it you know when they originally said we want to do this and they were like well we can't let a group of a you know we can't let these you know this is you know something happens this is going to look hard horrible on us we can't do it well this is the only idea we got like you know (laughs) you you know well you know it wouldn't look good for you know politically it's not a good move something happens we're trusting the lives to to people that aren't even thai you know citizens it was you know public safety and public health should never go public Politics and public health and public safety should never go together, but it always does, unfortunately. And um, just watching this show and watching these men, uh, these amazing feats that they were doing, um, you know, just, just you know, you really appreciate what these guys are all volunteer. One guy actually, while he was away, was his, his wedding. And one guy had his wedding anniversary while he was away. He called his wife for strapping anniversary. And one guy, unfortunately, his dad passed away while he was away. And um, he was also the doctor. And his father, who was, uh, I guess, was a vascular doctor, and his he had spoken to his father about what his plan was to sedate the kids, and you know, and, and his father had said, you know, go, and, you know, he knew his father was sick, he didn't want to leave. His father was so sick, and the father said, no, no, go, 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 help these, you know, I want you, you know, you're a doctor, help these, you know, his father was understood, you know, a doctor's job is to help people, you know, and um, 
and all that. So it was a really amazing thing to watch and uh, just wonderful, you know, just a wonderful documentary. Very well done for an independent filmmaker. And I'm really big in independent films. I like that kind of stuff, uh, documentaries. Uh, one thing I do recommend, if you ta- if you do watch any documentary, I don't watch political documentaries very often. I watch history documentaries, but not political ones. Some of those political documentaries tend to be a little bit, depending on the film. That's one thing about documentaries and, and series and films that are um, political and, and even history ones you got to watch too. It, it depends on who makes them. It depends on which way history gets written. Um, but especially the political ones, um, I don't really watch too much of that, but I will watch um, ones like this, uh, rescue ones, uh, stuff like that. But I, I'm not a big one for some of the poli- some of the political ones just get a little bit... You know, I don't really watch too much of them, but I do watch the history ones. I do watch all this kind of a lot of those stuff, and the history ones you got to be careful too, because history is always written written by the winner. But um, you know, but I do especially this documentary wasn't political at all, but it shows what the more of our for us as people that are into survival and prepping and stuff like that. This was very very well done film, um, documentary film, uh, very very well done. A lot of good footage that you didn't see on the news, because that was my main concern. Was uh, you know, I rewatched this on the news? I'm not going to watch it again, but. Um, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the film that you see was not on the news, so I thought that was really cool. Um, more really behind, actually behind the scenes, but that's the only word I can really think of to describe it. More behind the scenes kind of thing, um, where you know you don't really, you, you know, really haven't seen too much of that. Um, so I thought that was very, very well done. And then also to the um, some of the things as well, you're going to see is the equipment. I thought the equipment was very neat. Stuff I didn't know about uh, not being, I'm not really into diving, but uh, some of the stuff I didn't know, you have a, a, a pressure mask, which is a pre- where if you get a leak in the mask, it uh, it blows the, it blows air out, where some masks are, are negative pressure and it actually pulls water in. There's different kinds of masks for different kinds of diving, um, different kinds of uh, re- breathers, different kinds of masks, uh, all different kinds. I mean, a lot of stuff I didn't know about and because uh, I'm not really into diving or cave exploring. Um, we I remember on Batman. What what is this for? Oh, it's, uh, spelunking. You know, underwater cave diving. You know, uh, yeah, I, we all remember that from the from the Batman. What is this for? Oh, the, we, we didn't really market the these suits to the billionaire space jumping spelunking crowd. <laughs> um, but you remember he had that special suit he wore in the first one that they were. Um, it was supposed to be for spelunking underwater cave diving, but he has to use it as a bat suit. Um, they were trying to sell those kind of suits to the Navy, but yeah, it was. Um, you know, one of those kind of things. But I will say this about these, uh, the underwater cave diving thing, spelunking, whatever you want to call it. Um, it does seem like a rich man's hobby, to be honest with you. Um, these guys, uh, they were saying, like, they they take, I mean, these trips that they go on for these things are, it does seem like it's a, it does seem like it's a bit of a rich man's hobby. That's why I think there's such a small group of them that do it. Um, I think the guy said he had like, like, like 10 or 20, 30,000 equipment. Um, and then he had spent like hundreds of thousands on, on going on these cave dives. I was like, yeah, it does seem like kind of a rich man's hobby, but it was very, excuse me, I'm sorry, sorry about that, I need more coffee, um, but it was very, very well done for an independent film, and I do recommend you watching it if you're into that stuff. If you're listening to this show, you probably are, but that was the, um, like I said, that was, uh, it's called The Rescue, it's on Disney Plus, it's part of the National Geographic thing, it's about an hour and 47 minutes. But uh, if you are, like I said, if you're listening to the show, you're probably into that. You're into survival and prepper situations. Um, really interesting. And the other thing was, too, when you watch this, too, uh, some of the things, too, that you don't realize uh, really is that the uh, like the rations that they were trying to bring to the kids, um, you know, we think of, you know, just bringing rat. But um, when you're diving underwater, some of these rations are not waterproof. I mean, yes, the vacuum seal, but they're, you know, they're not really meant to be submerged. Um, you know, some of these things, you know, they're tight, but. You know, you, you know when you're when you're going underwater like that, you have to, you know, what they have to do to, to bring stuff just to these kids, how they have to wrap it, and, and two, um, you know, you, the more you know, the more you're exerting yourself, the more air you're going to go through. So these these guys have to try to bring this stuff, and they try to you know fit it in their belts and stuff like that, so that they're able to bring it to these kids, and and so it's not wasted, you know, um, rations and and bringing fresh water because you know these caves, you don't really be drinking water where you've where you've been going to the bathroom. So bringing fresh water to these kids and and all this kind of stuff really, um, you know, some amazing things that these these people did, and I was really um you know, really interesting to watch. Like I said, just what these men went through, just to bring these kids food um, and just to bring them water. And just, I mean, like when I was watching the show, and I'm not, and the thing, the thing about this too, just the physical 
um, shape these men have to be in. I mean, because think about this, folks. It's three hours to get there and three hours back. That means you're spending six hours diving, okay? And these guys are bringing food to these kids. You know, you know, they bring like a, they brought like a hundred meals to these kids. Then like couple, then like they're there a day or two later to do something else. They're bringing them. And these guys, I mean, think about it, it's a six hour trip. I mean, these guys, the physical cape. I mean, the physical fitness of these men must have been uh, just amazing. Um, just from a physical standpoint, what they were able to endure, uh, by, you know, I mean, they had to be in incredible physical condition um, to be able to swim three hours through the like day later, swim there back. I mean, just uh, unbelievable. And the, the, the risk they're taking by, by going through this cave system, you know, all these times, I mean, they, they could, I mean, what's to say they don't get snagged or get hung. I mean, they, they ran, they ran a line, but still, I mean, you just, what these men were going through, putting themselves, just going back and forth so many times. I mean, you just, some of the things maybe I don't think documentary hit on enough that I was thinking about after the fact. So it's something I just want to bring up. But uh, like I said, really, really well done. I really would like to just say, I mean, it's obviously National Geographic, so I expect to be well done, but uh, it was an independent film that National Geographic picked up, so I was really impressed by that. But that is one, uh, one of the things I did want to talk about that I did watch recently. is very well done, and I really think you should take some time to watch it if you're into this stuff. And uh, just, just things, you, little things that you don't think about that you learn. Um, especially about like just keeping things dry, um, like how they kept the rations dry or how they, um, how they have to rig the, uh, the, so that water doesn't keep running into this cave. There was, and how they used piping to keep the water flowing out. So just really a lot of interesting stuff that as preppers and, and as survivalists, you really would, would appreciate. Um, you know, aside from the rescue mission, which was just amazing to watch, and and the, the camp, the the inside the cave stuff they got that was not on the news and stuff like that, you know, and uh, you know, really, really see how durable a GoPro is when you, when you really are uh, watching one of these films. So, like I said, I like I said, I'm glad to be back. I'm going to try to do this much more often. I do have some new recording equipment coming in, so I can kind of record on the road. Um, audio quality may not be as great as this is because this is. Um, I actually record this uh, on a really good setup, but uh, if I can start doing it every week, um, you know, at least I can keep you a little more consistent. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Like I said, all of our old shows, uh, survivalspodcast.org, uh, our, our instance for um, getting to talk, and where I'm on there quite a bit, uh, that's rebelsocial.media. And like, as always, um, like I said, I want to thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next show. Thank you very much.